Welcome to episode one of, I guess we can just call it Alex and FG for now. Hey, you cool with that? that? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> well, the, the first thing I want to um, get into with you, FG, is a lot of people have been saying that there was a plot or a plan for you to do a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and for you to do a podcast based on outing outing homeboy. Yeah. That, that you had a bigger plan all along. Um, can you just briefly address that issue? Because it, it has come up in the comments multiple times. Yeah, it has come up a few times. and uh, But at the end of the day, wasn't a plan at all, or nor a plot. You know, we did the interview. The interview, people people really liked it. You know, I had a lot of good um, things people said about the interview. You know, they say Alex did a great job. You know, every the people who seen it saw how you pulled out the energy out of me as far as, you know, uh, stating all the facts but um, once people start saying that hey maybe you guys can um, do this on a podcast or something that's really what made it click it, I wasn't even thinking about it though yeah no doubt I and what I would say on it is that the people wanted this basically no no doubt no doubt they the, the they, people they requested said it. it yeah they said it. Yeah. yeah I mean just about so so I think people that had decided to go on their little platforms and say it was a plot all along were basically reading the comments I don't think they just thought of that themselves. They saw the comments, everyone saying, do a podcast, FG. We want to hear more from you. I mean, they saw that, but at the same time, I could see where they were coming from, though. You know, I, I could see where they were coming from. Uh, some of them had a valid point if they were thinking just that hard, but um, I could see that. Okay, you being fair. I'm, I'm thinking that people just want to think they know more than what they really know well some people do <laughs> you know some people do but at the same time you know um it is a lot of people out here that's you know plotting and planning you yeah. know that wasn't our circumstance but um i could see somebody looking at it like that now when you first came and spoke to me and we did the interview mm-hmm. you didn't really seem like you wanted to continue it seemed like you wanted to just do this interview that's it and then move on with your life it actually that's exactly what 100 percent correct I didn't see this in the future at all. Um, didn't have no plan to speak no more. Uh, of course, I was going to do the one more interview. But other than that, uh, I didn't. You know, and I, and I had people that actually encouraged me and because I, I still said I wasn't going to do it. And I had people say, man, give this a shot, you know. And um, I said, you know what? You know, and, and I got a good feedback from from people say, bro, we need a voice out there. We need a solid voice. We, you know, when you start um, putting yourself in the limelight like this or the spotlight like this, you know, people can 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 check out who you are. So I think people did want uh, somebody to listen to that was solid, you know. Yeah. Um, but then you decided also to create some content on the YouTube. And I wanted to actually say that. When you did the interview, there was a part where you said, hey, I got a video of my kids when they first saw me when I got out the halfway house, when I got out of the feds. And I kind of forgot about it. You Mm -hmm. had said it in the interview. I edited the interview. But then people in the comments were like, hey, Alex, what happened to, to the video of FG and his kids? And then that's when I told you, hey, man. That could launch your channel. Why you don't did. You post you that did. video. Yeah, you did. I, I could have easily just took that video. No, no, right? no doubt. And no put doubt. it on my channel. And, and the thing about it is, um, I was only going to just show you. I didn't have no intentions of, of showing the world or showing, you know. And um, but when you mentioned that and you gave me that piece of advice and you you like not being selfish at all because you know I'd have gave it to you and said, hey, Alex, do your thing. And uh, you said, man, post that and make that your first one. And and uh, and it, but the emotion that I got in the comments, man, I, I mean, that was something else. And that's what I think people are looking for, the realness, you know, real human being, you know, as with both of us and uh, living real life. And that video right there showed showed the world, man, that we, you know, regular human beings trying to get back on. We do have families and kids, even when we out here in these streets. Somebody do love us, so it was, I, I really appreciate that you gave me that idea, man. And and um, and and the channel is is growing. Yeah, I, I knew that I could have posted that video, and you know, it could have it could have went viral on mm-hmm, my channel. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, people have been saying they want to hear more from you. They want you to do videos, and I was like, you know, it'd be dope. That his his channel could be launched by that video, and uh, I'm glad you uh, you posted it. It was you got a great reaction to that video. I did, but like I said, I'm really glad that you you know gave me that advice. You know, um, 
you know, I'm new to this, so I, I do listen, you know, and I try to just get the best advice I can and move on. But I really think we can, um, you know, have a nice show, give the people what they're looking for. Oh, absolutely, man. That's why we, we, we're here with episode one. This is episode 1.1. And we're going to see how this, this rocks for the next, uh, you know, maybe uh, two or three weeks. And we'll see what, what happens. And we'll just, you know, talk about whatever's what is hot. But right now what's hot is that L.A. just had a, L.A. just not only hosted the Super Bowl, Man. they had a team in the Super Bowl, which actually happened last year. Uh, one of the teams that hosted the Super Bowl was in the same city. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I think, who's, who are the two teams? Do me a favor. Um, Google the two teams that was in the Super Bowl last year because I don't remember. But yeah. The NFL usually picks the cities that the Super Bowl is going to be in uh, before. Before, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a coincidence when the city is playing in their own town. Oh, yeah. Like it was, um, you know, last week or this week. So what did you think about that? The Rams playing in L.A.? That was big. It, it was big for L.A. I know you're a big football dude, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. But that was big for football, period. And, 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 and it wasn't just about the Rams. It was also about the Bengals. They had a great story. Nobody picked the Bengals. To go to the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe somebody in Ohio, but nobody he was looking at the Bengals. But for the Rams to be in it in L.A., um, to bring that energy to L.A., you know, they were down in Inglewood just partying. They had stages set up down on Market Street. I mean, it it, 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 it did good for the city. Because what I really think, it, I think it brought the city together in, in, in a time where it's a lot of chaos and turmoil was going on. I think that really kind of helped bring some unity to the city, man. It and when was, you say the city, you talking about L.A. or Inglewood? I mean the Los Angeles area. Okay. And when I say that, because you, when you talk about L.A., you're still talking about Inglewood. You're still talking about uh, uh, still Compton, Watts, Long Beach, Carson, you know, the, the surrounding cities, you know. And uh, that's millions of people, you know. And uh, when you could bring that kind of energy, you know, like you say, especially to a city like L.A., I mean, it was big. It yeah, was big. It was huge. Uh, who was in the Super Bowl last year? And what city was that in? Uh, what city hosted that? Because one of those one of those two teams, the Chiefs or the Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, hosted that Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check the facts. And I know around. the NFL said that they're gonna come up with a way where this doesn't happen. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> right. it's unfair, right? Well, the thing about it is, it's not. Well, it was the luck of the draw. Who knew the? I mean, they gave the Rams this Super Bowl two, three before the stadium was even built. What city? It's in Florida, Tampa Bay, to be specific. Yeah, so Tampa Bay hosted the Super Bowl last year, and they were in it. And L.A. hosted it, and they were in it. Two years in a row. This don't happen too often. Nah, and I was surprised that that happened last year. That one slid by me. So, um, but, but, the, but the NFL said they, they want to do something so that this never happens again. But how, what you going to do? Well, you have to have a host in a stadium. Yeah, and if it's a team in the NFL that's playing, it has the it has a chance of doing it again. You can't make it unless you're going to change it. When the playoffs come and you figure out the teams in there, put it in. You can't change it. But like you only that. have two weeks before you know who's that's in the why Super I say Bowl. you yeah. can't do it like that. <laughs> yeah, so can't. I don't see them stopping that. It may not happen for another 20, 30 years though. Yeah, it, that can be the case, but I don't think you could stop that, man. So um, what did you think of the game? I was just talking to one of my homies today, and they told me that they thought it was the the whole game was a conspiracy theory that the Rams were designed to win and. It was a plot for them to win. Do you ever buy into all these sports conspiracies? Well, you know, I don't, but I did notice that um, they weren't calling flags early on in the game. They was really letting them play. And I did see flags, a lot of flags come out towards the end of the game. I'm not saying they, they went one way or the other, but I did see a lot of flags come out towards the end of the game, and they were just letting them play earlier in the game. Now, when you go back and watch the replays, though, you can see that some of those penalties were justifiable. You know, guy just just grabbing the shirt, and I mean, you know, you gotta kind of call those. You know, did you think that when uh, Odell Beckham what got uh, got injured? Apparently, he got injured on a non-physical play. Oh uh, yeah, I watched it. I can remember just good as day. I uh, think they say he tore his ACL. Did he? Yeah, today he got extra wow. today. Tore ACL. Damn. Wasn't even touched. No, I seen it. I seen it, and our left foot got caught, and um and uh. Tragic, tragic ending, man. I, I really wanted to see the guy do good, being that he has been through so much, you know what I mean, on the field, off the field issues. You know, I'm a champion for those guys that, you know, maybe have some little trouble in the beginning and, and someday finally get it together. I think we all, you know, uh, deserve a second chance, whether sports, jobs, you know, um, um, personal issues. But I was least glad that he scored that first touchdown, was able <laughs> to make an impact for his team. 
But I, I seen him go down, and I just hope it wasn't that serious. But maybe I guess it was. Yeah. Well, like, I think all ACLs are serious, yeah, right? No so, doubt. Yeah, no I'm doubt. looking up right here. Uh, he suffered a torn ACL, and uh, he might not make it back in the beginning of next season. We'll see here. Let's see. Um, torn, torn ACL on the left knee. Uh, but at least he scored a touchdown and got the ball rolling for the team. He did. He got. He gave him a spark. He gave him some energy. And uh, and uh, but I hate to see those guys go down like that. And like you say, he wasn't even tackled. It was just the turf, just a planting the foot the wrong way. And that's why when the turf came, I was never a big champion of it. You know, I was always an old grass football guy. You know, and if you ever notice, um, it was less ACL and MCL tears when it was grass. Now, I know the upkeep is hard when it rains, it gets slippery, muddy, and, you know, it, it affects the game that way. But, you know, uh, the, the turf, man, it's, it's, it's unforgivable. Yeah, that's important to note because that was that, that might be a turf injury. Yeah. It might be, you know. I mean, of, I, I, was, I watched him, man. His, his cleat just stuck the wrong way before, and it, it probably just popped. Okay. Now, I didn't think the Rams were really going to even win that game without him. But they say that Cooper Cup is the star of the team, but I always thought Odell Beckham was the star. Nah, if you've been watching Cooper Cup the last couple of years, man, he, he he's awesome. Yeah. And you know the story behind him as far as his girlfriend is concerned? Nah. Yeah, she um when he they were in college, she told him, Listen, quit your job and I'll take care of us. You go play football. And she took care of them, man, and, 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 and while and so he could play football without having to work side jobs and stuff like that. And uh and look at him now. You know, he's the best. I mean, he's one of the best there is, in the, you know, the, over the last couple seasons. Yeah, I got, a, I got some of his records right here. Oh, uh, yeah. Most yards from scrimmage by a wide receiver ever. Ever. 1,965 yards he did uh, this season. Um, most yards from scrimmage by a wide receiver in a single season, including postseason, 24, over 2,400 yards. Yeah. Uh, first receiver ever with 2,000-plus receiving yards combined in a regular season and postseason. Man, this guy's a beast, man. And I think it's important to note that, for those who don't know, Cooper Cup is a white boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to mention that part, hey, but... <laughs> you know, I, I always notice race. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand how people can just ignore race. Right, right. But how can you ignore race on a field where 70% of the people are black? No, you're right. And you're you right. got this white dude just running all over the place. And not only running all over the place, breaking records. There's a couple more here. Um, most games with 100-plus receiving yards in a regular season and postseason, 13. Most consecutive games with 90-plus receiving yards, that's 13. 13. Most yeah. games with 90-plus receiving yards in a single season, 16. And most receptions in a single postseason, 33. That's a little unfair because we play more postseason games now. Right, right. Than, than we they did before. Back in like, the day. I think Jerry Rice played one less game. Right. How right. many games is it? Is it twenty total games? Um, what to the Super Bowl? The, the, yeah, you got sixteen regular season games, right? And then it's four postseason, so yeah. which would be twenty total 20. games. And back 20, in the day, it was yeah. um, it started off with seven. It was sixteen plus one, seventeen. Then they added another it was eighteen. So they always add some. So it's hard to compare. Right, right, right. Because you got records. like a, a couple, a game or two more than what it was back in the day. But what you think about this dude, Cooper Cup? I mean, I think he hit all the right strides at the right time. And you can't take away from uh, who I always liked, Matt Stafford. And I remember Matt Stafford down in Georgia, man, when he was in college. And, and I just liked him. You know what I mean? So um, – the thing about it, what I hated was that he was down in Detroit and just like Megatron and just like Barry Sanders. Once you was down there, you never could get out and, and you wasn't winning, you know. So the, for me, it was more about Matt Stafford to show his real ability uh, opposed to uh, the Cooper Cup factor. Now, Cooper Cup is decent because he did it with another quarterback. But I think Matt Stafford helped him put the icing on the cake by um, being able to put that ball where he needed it to be and giving him opportunities to go uh, make all those uh, records right there. Yeah, and then, um, but who got the MVP? It was Cup. Cup, Cooper Cup. And, and he then deserved also, it. Yeah, he definitely deserved it. But um, I, you're a defensive guy. Yeah, nah, and I, we cannot ignore what the defense did, right? cannot, man. I mean, they were all over the place. And you have to give it up to Aaron Donald, man. You cannot take – what he did, him and Leonard Floyd and, and those guys, um, Von Miller, and you can't take away from what them guys did. Cincinnati was playing some defense on, they, on them too, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, those guys, those big money guys, they, they, they did their job. 
You can say that Cincinnati played defense for about three and a half quarters. Right, 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 right. Flawlessly because yeah. they kept them to uh, kept 16. Them, How many yeah. points did they have in the fourth quarter? Shoot, they were 16. It was, was it 10, 13, and then 16? I think they scored. Um, no, it was it was um, um, 10, 16 because he missed the extra point, I believe. Okay. The kicker missed the extra point. I know that for sure. I thought the, I thought the Rams got a field goal uh, somewhere in the third quarter that made it 16. No? Oh, did they? I'll, do, I'll double check yeah, in a we'll second. Yeah, we'll check that. But yeah, since he was playing some um, dope defense as well. Um, what are uh, any final thoughts on the game before we move on? Uh, no, nah, it was a decent game. You know, it was kind of slow starting off. You know, um, I like the quarterback over there and Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? He's a he's a hometown favorite over there. You know, they have a he went to high school. He would have been the first quarterback to win a, a high school championship, a college championship, and a and a Super Bowl had he won. And if he had won. What number Joe would he have been winning a Super Bowl? Oh, man. You got Joe Namath. You got Joe Montana. You got uh, Joe Theismann, I believe, won one. Did Joe Theismann win a Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I, with the Redskins back when Marcus had. Oh, Joe. No, they lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Raiders. They did lose. Cause yeah, I, they lost to the Raiders. But So he, I think he would have been the third he'd Joe. He would have been the third Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember Joe Theismann on that team. Um Riggins was Riggins, the running John back. Riggins on, was over there. Yeah. Art Monk then was over there. They had a, they had a nice squad, you know. Yeah. And uh, and uh, that's when the NFC East was tough. You know, now <laughs> we're not going to even talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, are you a betting man on any of these games? You know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a betting man, period. Um, I will. But but that's not, my, you know, I, I never bet, you know. And, um, and um, but uh, I wish I would have because I heard the odds was – the money was rolling big down there in Vegas. You know, I heard they were really getting some big bets down there. Yeah, I'm not a betting man at, yeah. at all. I don't really understand a lot of the the betting process. I just try to enjoy the game. Right, right, right. But uh, let's talk about the the halftime show because this was the first all hip hop halftime show that the NFL ever done. I was surprised. You know, I was surprised when they said what the lineup was. And uh wasn't against it or anything, but I was surprised. You know, usually they try to go, you know, neutral ground or more alternative or pop, you know. So when they came in all hip hop, I was I was a little surprised. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, especially with um Snoop Dogg and Dre, uh Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J, and then they had a surprise guest with a fifty cent. Mm-hmm. And I believe they let Dr. Dre's lyric still not loving the police play. I caught that, and uh, and he had argue, not an argument, but he had discussions with him because they told him not to do it. Is that right? Yeah, they told him not to do it, and what Dre ended up doing is putting. He when had you, a, wait, when you say they, you talking about the NFL, the NFL okay. execs, NFL execs. They asked him not to do that part, but what he did was he had a thirteen million dollar budget for the a halftime show, and he ended up putting up seven million of his own money, and that's how they. Slept that swept that under the rug. Technically, you can Google that. It's, you can see that on. Uh, <laughs> they swept that under the rug, you know. So it was a few things that they let slide that I wouldn't have thought they would have because you know how many police was watching the Super Bowl. You know how many police families was watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I believe personally, just to be personally, you know, I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with what he said. I just didn't know if the Super Bowl was the place to say that when we trying to encourage kids to be firemen and be doctors and attorneys and things of that nature. I just don't know if that was appropriate. That's just my opinion, though. Now, do you think that um, Jay-Z somehow is, uh, I guess he's got a job with the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's something, in, yeah. And may have had an impact on this all-hip-hop um, halftime show? I believe he did or could have, but at the same time, why not? You know, why not? What's wrong with hip-hop? Is hip hop not good enough? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it could have been perceived. You know, uh, uh, if it never would have happened. You know, so and not to mention all races listen to hip hop. You know, so why not have it there? So that's how my take on that. You know, uh, you may go in your corporate office and with your suit and tie on, and they may play alternative music in the office. But even some of those execs are driving to the office, playing some hip hop. You know what I mean? So why not? Yeah, definitely. Um, all all hip hop that is successful has to have a white audience. There's no way that no, no doubt yeah, you have that, to. Yeah. Those all those records are not being sold uh, uh, to to just the black community. There's not even enough black people in America to even sustain an artist because uh, most people don't understand this, but blacks only are about twelve percent of the entire U.S. population. Right. 
So uh, when I tell a lot of people that, they don't believe it. They're like, that ain't true. I'm like, it is. Because blacks, I think Chris Rock did a routine once. He said, black people are in about five cities. <laughs> L.A., Chicago, New York, Detroit, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. if you, Because when you travel the, the country, you can go to, you can travel for miles and miles and miles. And it's just all white, you know. I have a brother who lives in Kentucky. That's the most whitest place I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been down there before. And I actually was going up to um, to uh, Columbus, and I flew in. I had a problem with a flight. So I flew into Kentucky and drove up to Columbus. Beautiful, beautiful at certain times of the year. But when I stepped off that plane, it was, you know, you could see the difference. You saw the whiteness. Yeah, yeah, you saw it, yeah, you saw it heavily. <laughs> so, yeah, um, as an artist, to all you hip-hop artists out there that are starting off, you are definitely, if you blow up, it's because you got a white audience. Too. Oh no doubt, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. But I do have to ask you a question. Uh, it's because it's a you didn't notice anything about anything else about the Super Bowl performers. One of the performers that maybe should have did something a little different. Well, I thought that um, Mary J. Blige might have been a little too old for that outfit she had on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's like 50 years old, trying to yeah, look like yeah, she's yeah. 21. But no, what you talking about? I didn't have a problem with Mary J. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I, but I did have a problem with Snoop. Uh-oh. And I'm not oh. being, and I'm not being, I'm not being biased at all. You saying because he came crypt out, man? You came crypt out, man. He threw up a C. Yeah, he threw up a crib sign at the Super Bowl, man. Now you want to sit here and talk about coaching football and being this and being that, and but you threw up a crib sign at the Super Bowl when the whole world already know you a crib. You yelled out crib, and but but don't get me wrong, I would have felt the same way if. Somebody would have threw up a B if it was the game or if it was YG and they would have threw up the the B. I mean, you know, it's the Super Bowl. You know, it's so diverse that I mean, you know, it, I be believing that people should know they lane as far as when you doing something in the hood or at a concert, opposed to doing something in front of the uh, uh, the whole world. And I I, I didn't I didn't feel that was uh, appropriate, you know, when you get to talking about how you feel about kids and shit like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. And um, you was blue rag down, you know, the outfit, you know. And like I said, I would feel the same way if it was the other way around. But I, I'm just be honest with you, that was a little too much, a little too much. I did I did see that, and I'm um, um, I'm looking at a picture right now. Mm-hmm. He's throwing no, he threw up two C's. Yeah, with both hands. Um, yeah. Um, see, I, I want to separate gang culture from gang crime. Mm-hmm. I think that we can represent where we're from. Just like, for example, when you did the interview with mm-hmm. me, you had an Atlanta Braves hat on. Mm-hmm. You had a cross-Atlantic Paru hat mm-hmm. on. Now, to me, that don't mean you out there banging. Right, right, right. But that just means you're representing your community. Uh, I think there's two sides to gangs. There's the gang neighborhood, and then there's the gang drama. And uh, I, I'm going to give... Pe- I'm going to give Snoop a pass on that because he's representing the cultural side of gangs where I like to separate that from the violent side of it. Now, if he would have had, a, if he would have pulled out a gun and did some other stuff, then I would have been like, all right, mm-hmm. Snoop, that's too much. But I, I do, I, I love the culture of the streets. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's bandanas, it's hand signs, it's hats, it's cars, it's uh, our fashion, it's, it's a lot of stuff. And in our fashion and our culture and the stuff that we do right here in this land is worldwide. No, you you right, Alex. But <laughs> do you ever worldwide. separate the streets from from everything else? I mean, I think at some point, you know, we all, no matter how street we are, we separate that for for the people who with different religions. When you walk in the church, you know, I never seen nobody with a red rag or at church <laughs> or a blue rag at church. That's true. You know, so I feel like it's appropriate places to do appropriate things, even when you're a gangster. You know what I mean? So at the same time, I'm not saying... Now, the thing about it was, I could have deal with just the outfit. You know, but the throwing up the C, you know, when you throw up a B or you throw up a gang sign, you know, you really putting it out there like I'm pushing, I'm, I'm banging. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I understand what you're saying about the culture of it, but it's still a certain way that we... Because the one thing about on, on the interview on Street TV, I had the Atlanta Braves hat on, but I didn't throw up the B not one time. No, you're right. I do think the throwing of the hand signs is pushing the envelope a yeah, little yeah, too yeah, much. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. now, you, now you're crossing into gang banging, but, you know... Um, I'm one to give people a pass, um, especially if there's someone that really lived it. You know, some people it's questionable yeah, yeah, how yeah, yeah, how yeah, involved yeah. Snoop was. Um, I mean, he's definitely from Long Beach, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Though. So once uh, just from being from somewhere, you live in it. You know what I mean? So how much work somebody put that's irrelevant. But if you was there, I'm gonna give you your your props. 
you know, no matter what. You, yeah. you, you know. Now, what did you think of him doing? Uh, I think he did a little sea walking also. Well, you know, they already mainstreamed that. They that's mainstream <laughs> yeah. already. You know, I think you can Dub go C. to yeah, yeah, Dub C made it mainstreamed it, and and I don't mind that. I even like say if I'm somewhere in the club, I like to watch it. You know what I mean? That you know, I uh, I've never been able to do it on our side. I never was a dancer, but when they get to doing it, no matter where I'm at, I start smiling because, like you say, now that part of the game culture, I embrace heavily. No matter what it is, crip blood, it don't matter. I, I like seeing people having fun at the same time. You know representing the culture instead of always the negative side of it. And I think that dance is all one of the one of the uh, better times, you know. Now, I didn't get a chance to look up if Snoop received any backlash for throwing up the C and wearing blue bandanas. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to um, look into that, and maybe next week we could talk about if he received any backlash. But I remember when Serena Williams played a tennis match, mm-hmm. She actually started crip walking. Mm-hmm. I forget which tennis match it was. It was one of the big ones. It was one of the big yeah, it was ones. A big one. It might have been the U.S. Open. It and was she one ain't of the never been ones. no crip. She ain't no, never no, been. No. But she up there, you know, doing the same thing Snoop was doing. Right. Well, you know, they gonna give Serena uh, uh, super problems because, as you know, she's you know, but uh, her and her sister are only the few black players in that sport. So it's not like the NFL or the NBA where you know it's mainly you know blacks. You know, and and. They try to keep tennis sacred, and I don't feel like if you can, you know, they can they can crib walk at um, Dallas Stadium, you should be able to do it at Wimbledon. You know what I mean? And and like you say, everybody that do that dance, I mean, it's called that the crib walk, but it's really, you know, it's different variations. So you know, she didn't write to see with her leg and do all the extra. She just did the little, and they took that man. They went crazy over that. Yeah, but um, I think there are a lot of people that think that when you represent anything from the streets, you're promoting it. And even um, there might have been a couple comments that um, said that you, you still with it based on wearing the cross Atlantic right, right, right. hat. No, I, know, I, I, um, I, I, someone went to your Instagram and said, <laughs> "Oh, he's still with the shit." <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, of that? my wife came in there with that. She said, "You look at this. Yeah. You know what I mean?" And and um, they got every right to feel that way. You know, because some people feel that because you say that you're not a gang banger anymore, they just think you just fell off the planet and don't talk to any member of a gang ever or don't associate with other gang members that's doing just as good or have jobs or I mean people evolve, you know, but but I'm not the only homie who evolved, so I'm not gonna stop hanging out with homies who who have evolved, you know what I mean? You we might go to a bar and it might be Ten Pyru homies, but we all pay taxes. We all homeowners. We all doing positive stuff in the community at this point. We just happen to be all, you know, all from the same gang, you know. So I think they take that out of context, you know, and they think just because you wear red or because you wear a hat that your neighborhood wear that you still out here, you know, with the extracurriculum, you know. So well, some of these rappers do more than all of this stuff that we're talking about in, oh, their, no doubt. in their videos, you know. So. Uh, that's just, um, I mean, that's that's it's an interesting debate about representing gang culture and, and what is too much, what is too far. And according to FG, the uh, the the throwing up the C was a little over yeah, the top. According right? to me, yeah, we gonna put that on me, and I, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, they can... I, I, you know, I'm gonna agree about throwing up the C, um, but mm, you know what? Mm, that's a tough one because what does that mean? It just means crip. He's throwing up the seat. And what does the blue bandana mean? It just means Crip. So And the and the walking. And the know, walking. So he, so 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 we represent Crippin at the Super Bowl. Lamar uh, um uh Kendrick Lamar, he a blood. You know what I mean? Pyro. And um he was on another tip. He was on blackness. You know, they had two separate, you know, homies up there. We had a homie up there representing, but look how he represented his. Nobody that know him even know he was a, you know, Pyro. No, I never. The way he represented his. I never really considered him a Pyro. Pyro. I know he went to Centennial. I know he grew up in Westside. Yeah, West Side. yeah. But you know, he from out that neighborhood. Yeah, definitely. So, like I was saying earlier, sometimes you know, um, just because you're not out putting no work in or doing nothing crazy, don't make you not from the hood, though. You just had played a different role in the hood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I believe that's his situation. You know, but at the same time, you know, he's 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 from over there. Yeah. He and and he represents differently. He do. But if he did represent, 
Um, you know, wouldn't nobody say nothing to him if he said blood or if he had a red bandana. Nobody's <laughs> going to question. They're going to say that's the homie. Absolutely. Um, I, I love Kendrick. What about uh, Eminem? What about him? Uh, how did you feel about the the knee taking the knee? Well, you know, I'm I'm actually not a big Eminem fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does that so, to gain acceptance with the black community. Do and you think it was his place though to take do that opposed to um, somebody else doing it? N- nah, I don't. I don't need Eminem to do that. Okay, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Eminem. Um, he's got a history. He's got a history of being. I would say borderline racist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got a history of using the N-word. And um, people in Detroit, the brothers in Detroit, have already dealt with him on that. And mm-hmm. they say they've accepted him. He apologized for it. But I'm not from Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he is a he is a visitor to our culture of mm-hmm. hip-hop. So, uh, no, I'm not a really big fan of, of, of Eminem. But, hey, the guy got bars. And the guy could spit. Okay. And, I, and I'll give him that. Yeah, you got to give him that. Man. I got to give him that. Give him but, that. you know, what rapper was it that once said... Some, one of you guys looked this up for me. A rapper once said if... Eminem was black, he'd be a regular rapper. And I thought about that. I'm thinking, let me go listen to him again. Yeah. And I was like, nah, nah, th- this guy could spit. No matter what race he is, he's yeah, spitting. Yeah, but, but would he have gained notoriety that fast for his bars, or would it would have took a little more time for people to notice that he can actually rap? That's true. I'm going to just be honest with you. You know what I mean? So I do believe, you know, not being black helped um, audiences listen to him more carefully because look at this white boy trying to rap. So we gonna listen to see what he talking about. Opposed, if it was another brother, you know he was. You know we rap. That's what you know what I mean. There, that is so true because I remember in the '80s when I was listening to hip hop, when it was Run DMC, when it was Houdini, mm-hmm. when it was Rakim. There was a group, the first group ever to go five times platinum, and it was a white boy group called the Beastie, Beastie Boys. Boys. Yeah, they went five times platinum. No. No other rap group or rapper had ever went five times platinum, and it's because there's more interest when you see a white guy doing what we do, and it could have catapulted Eminem's career probably faster or sooner. Um, no, I believe it did. Yeah, me personally, but I still think he's a he's a oh, no, above he's a, average. He's a lyricist. He's, yeah, he's a, a above average yeah. rapper. He's a lyricist, man. Yeah, but I don't need him representing for uh, you know. Yeah, that was my yeah. What do you think? I feel the same way. You know what I mean? I felt it. I'm not going to use the term nobody's place or nothing, but I just think if they was going to represent taking a knee, I believe somebody else should have did it. Well, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with um, white people jumping on the civil rights movement for us because Malcolm X figured out early on he didn't want white people around him, but then he realized we need white people to help us. Yeah. You know, so there are, but you got to be careful. You got to pick and choose which white people you're going to have join on, on your team when you're pushing a civil rights agenda, um, someone that has a history of doing it, someone that has proven themselves in the no, community. No, no doubt. Yeah. That was, that's my only point. Yeah. You know what I mean? But And I like Eminem. I like his music. You know, I don't know him personally or nothing like that, but his music, I've sit and listened to his bars, man. And early on, especially early on in his career, and he was putting it, he was putting it together. He was really different. And, uh, and um, the way he used to put it together, man, I really liked. I used to like his lyrics, actually. Well, he, he got some old songs where he he's using the n-word and and you know he's he's, he's I've never t- heard one. Yeah, he's yeah, well, yeah. nothing that went on. Okay, not okay, any okay. of his mainstream yeah, stuff. Yeah, so maybe some back channel yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, before he hooked up with Dre. Okay, before okay. he got signed to Aftermath. Yeah. I think it was with Aftermath. Okay, back in the day in Detroit, and it it goes into our next topic of white people publicly using the N word, and just recently. Uh, the number one podcaster in the world right now, Joe Rogan. Oh, this guy, man. Joe Rogan uh, apparently has used the N-word at least 10 or 15 right. times in, over the last several years. And um, some people are really pissed about it. How long they've been pissed about it? Because it's not the first time he did it. Yeah. Now, the thing about it is he's a repeat offender. You know, and he keep doing it. You know, he keep doing it. But I know they're backing him with $100 million. He got a $100 million deal, so... When you paying out that kind of money or this guy's generating certain amount of money for the company and this in a lot of situations, unfortunately, that you can get away with some shit that the next man can't get away with, you know, and he's been getting away with this stuff, man, and, and they should have been nipped him in the bud. Now, I watched the apology that he did on February the 5th, <laughs> you know, and come on, man, you know, because he also spoke about when they were in Africa, he... um 
uh, describe the place as uh, like Planet of the Apes, you know. And then you turn around and say, because somebody else says something, like, bro, that's not cool. So now you want to come around and say, well, I meant it in a different context. Well, how do you be in Africa and you speak about this? Now, if you was in Australia and you said this place reminded me of Planet that's one thing. But, bro, you in Africa, man. You know what the hell you were saying, you know. And if nobody else would have said nothing to you directly right then and there, you would have still felt that way. So I, I don't think his apology is sincere. You know, I believe people should start looking into him and, and, and seeing what it is for what it really is. I don't think he's a straight-up racist. I don't. But I think he's uh, uh, out of line, you know, for using his 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 uh, fame and his, you know, he's the number one podcaster in the world. And um, I believe he's taking advantage of that. Now, some people allow comedians a little bit more leeway when it comes to offending other groups, cultures, and races because that's part of comedy. It's right. part of telling jokes. No, right, they right, all right. do it. Uh, do you think him? Because he what he's he was or is he was, a stand up yeah. comedy. I know he was, yeah, yeah. And a lot of stand up comedians they say some crazy stuff. Yeah, you know, no doubt about it. From Richard Pryor mm -hmm. to Red Fox to Eddie Murphy, um, and all the white. One of my favorite white comedians is. Um, uh, oh my goodness, he's resting right now. Uh, Not George Carlin. George Carlin, oh, man. I love George Carlin. Man. Yeah, it's one of my favorite yeah, white comedians. He's real though. Yeah, yeah, yeah he keeps it one hundred. <laughs> but, but but some say a guy like Joe Rogan, who has a comedy background, you know, he, he, they all use this word. They all use this word. Well, you know, it's still a context. If you describing what somebody else said, you know, I was at the restaurant. This other guy, you know what I mean? He's explaining the situation. That's one thing. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not giving you in the past, but it is context that you can be explaining something and 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 it can be said, you know. But at the end of the day, man, this dude, just like you say, 10, 12 times, I, I believe is, 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 is not good because you almost making mainstream believe that it's OK for the next person to say it. if he can get away with it, then I can say it and. You know, that's just what I believe. That's how I feel about it. You know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised that there's not more more backlash because I remember back in the day, there was a a sports cat named Jimmy the Greek, mm -hmm. and he was a sports better and he was on TV all the time. But one time he said he said the reason why black athletes are so good is because back in slave times the master took the biggest black guy and the biggest black woman and made them have babies and today we have very strong black people to be great athletes he never said the n-word <laughs> and he lost his job on cbs uh no one ever hired him again he got completely canceled and i saw a documentary about him and how all his friends who grew up with him, who knew him personally, and a whole bunch of black people came to bat for him, said that the guy was one of the nicest guys ever. Right. He just said something stupid. Yeah. Um, but today, when you say something crazy, stupid, or even racist, it don't seem like anything happens to you. No, because... And, if you're white. <laughs> no, if you're white, because I think they're they really starting to understand that it's a lot of other people that feel just like them. You know, if you... Look at the numbers. You know what I mean? The race, the population breakdown, you know what I mean? As far as how many white people, how many minorities, how many, you know, and at the end of the day, people are still watching these guys because they feel that same way on the inside or they don't feel nothing is wrong with it. And that's where the issue's coming in. At. They used to have to fake and make it seem like, oh, oh, he said what? Now it's like, say, say your thing. We got you. The same thing with uh, Morgan Wallace. He's a country singer. And I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was talking to his buddy and got filmed one night and he said the N word. And, um, and uh, I mean, he's a country superstar now, coming up, up and coming. Now, what, what you don't know about me is my dad was in the Navy and he said they couldn't get no other radio stations. So, so a lot of times they had to listen to country. So after listening to it for so long, he ended up liking country. So when I was born, I grew up on country. I mean, the real country music, you know, the Waylon Jennings, the George Jones, the Conway Twitties, you know. And um, and uh, to this day, I love country music, like, like love it. So I was familiar with this guy, Morgan Wallen, and um, he's, a, he's a superstar. I mean, his music is, 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 I mean, if you don't like country music, that's one thing. But if you do, this guy is is it mm -hmm. and when he said that man it was like let the air out of you but the way he said it and the way they caught him saying it it was like he walking up to the house talking to his boy they talking shit to each other and 
the neighbor or somebody got the camera on. So he didn't say it in a public setting. He didn't know he was being recorded. And he's having a conversation with his with his boy. You know what I mean? And it sounded like they were basically talking shit to each other. You know what I mean? And um, and I looked at it a little little different. Because I don't think that these people don't say it. Why different? Because he did it in a private setting? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I, I, my problem with Morgan Wallace is and not just because I like the guy's music. But it's more or less like... You got caught, bro, basically. You got caught. And I think everybody in America, whether it's against, whatever it's against, we all have prejudices. And he didn't, like I say, in the way he came off, it just didn't sound like, and he said it, though, don't get me wrong, but he was talking to his buddy and they clowning and, you know what I mean, and uh, and they like they was bagging or something, you know what I mean, and, and, um, and, uh, and he got caught. And see, a lot of these people are doing it, they just not getting caught. Joe Rogan is in front of, he's a podcaster, man. You know it comes out your mouth. You got millions of listeners, man. You know exactly what you're doing. So I believe it is a difference in that, in those contexts. You know what I mean? It lets me know that this will kind of joke Morgan Wallen and them tell on the side, basically. You know what I mean? And But um, it's still a difference, you know. Okay, well, what do you think of this? There was a judge. Her name is uh, Michelle O'Denet, O-D-I-N-E-T. Her and her family were looking at surveillance video of someone that broke into their property, uh, stole something, and while they're watching the video, someone's recording the, the screen to show everything that's happening, and you can hear them all talking, and she's using the N-word mm. to describe the dude, and they're laughing and joking, and I guess someone in the family eventually put that video out. So she's, she apologized for saying it, and she said the reason why she ended up using the N-word was because she was on... Uh, under the influence of a painkiller and that no. normally she would have never said no, that. that's way. how you really feel. Yeah. So you she kind of got caught the same way yeah. you're saying. Uh, it was done in the privacy of her own home, but it's just like, wow, you're a judge, though. Yeah, but it's still just uh, the, the the context. She said it, and she was saying it in a way that she, that's how she was describing uh, somebody. Let, let me give you the quote. She said, I was given a sedative at the time of the video I have zero recollection of the video and the disturbing language used during it. She would have been better off just confessing, <laughs> man. See, just confess, man. Yeah. Say I got caught. I mean, you know, I know they're going to come on with the with the fake apologies and the fake this and that. You know what I mean? But come on, lady. You use that word often. You know. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of these people say it uh, every day in the privacy of their own home. Um, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, that's America, right? Well, this is the thing about it, though. You catch a guy doing something like this, you know, because everybody got a white friend. Or, you know, black people have white friends. White people have black friends. So um, me and a white friend, Oregon, and I call him, you know, a, a, a derogatory name to his race, you know, on some joke time. You know what I mean? And he say something back to me about my race on some joke time, and it's me and him. And the neighbor just over the gate happened to be recording. If we both accept that on some joke time, then it's a little different, you know, especially like I say, when you know you at, you're in privacy, your own neighborhood or at home or something like that. It's a little different because maybe you and your homie joke like that. You know what I mean? I don't have friends that I joke with like that, but I'm just saying there's people out there that, that do. That's a different kind of concept opposed of, like you say, the Joe Rogan situation or, or, or the judge. You know, she's describing a person that's, you know, she's not talking to. She's talking about, you know, and um, and uh, so it's a it's a very fine line. But I think they, you know, all should be, you know, when it's said, I think something should be people should stand on it. Now, some black folks have come to Joe Rogan's defense, black comedians, black people who worked with him. I wonder if it's just they know that. Being friends with Joe Rogan is good for their career. It's good for them. They they don't want to burn any bridges, or do they sincerely think that Joe Rogan's a good guy? I don't know him personally. He could really could be a good guy. Um, I haven't listened to the ten uh, the content of the when he used this word the ten times, you know. But at the end of the day, bro, come on, you know. And um, these comedians, like I say, because they're comedians, they may joke like this behind the scene. And, and it don't bother them, you know. And um, But I, I never forget, I was coming out of a 7-Eleven and uh, some Asian cat kids out there on the skateboard. And when I walked out there, I heard them talking to each other. And they used the N-word like four or five times to each other. 
And I was more or less like, wow, you know, they refer to themselves as this. You know, what can I say about that? <laughs> I mean, just to be, you know, I didn't feel they was racist. You know, they was using it as a term of endearment towards each other. And, 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 and you know, I got in my car and went on. I, I laughed like, wow, so we, we aren't the only people who use this term. And it was clearly that they were they was good buddies and friends, and it wasn't in a derogatory statement. They referred to themselves as, you know what I mean? So how do you take that, though? Yeah, even Mexicans say Yeah, even Mexicans, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and it depends what generation Right, Mexicans. right, right. Because right. them old ones say it mean a different, a different uh, meaning. Now, the Mexicans you grew up with in Linwood Compton, in your generation, do they say the N-word? Yeah, and yeah. they be talking to each other. Yeah. Now, they won't say it like to me, you know what I mean? But they say it to each other like same way everybody else say it. So that's my, my, my point. I don't know which context Joe Rogan was using it. I didn't get to hear, um, um, but I did see the apology. I did watch the apology. Well, I, he I did, Googled it. He did try to say that he was describing other situations he was using it. Um, he was quoting people that already said it, mm -hmm. and I think he even said something like, "Look, Richard Pryor, you know, put it on an album before mm -hmm. that nigga's crazy." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I thought his apology was a little abrasive and insensitive to a certain degree. Right. But um, hey, he comes from that world. He comes from the fighting world, uh, the UFC world, <laughs> you know, comedy world. So I don't know, but I don't think anything is going to happen to him, especially being that he signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I, I going to sweep that under the rug quick. Yeah, they are going to sweep it under the rug. But I remember there was a time that where there was more accountability for white people who did some racist stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm at a point where I don't even care anymore um, what happens to some of these folks. Um, karma will, will catch up to, to people like that if, if they truly and sincerely deserve it. Uh, you know, we don't we don't know him personally. We don't know his heart. Um, but shoot, we do know that people love to say this word, man. It seems like it's the most, it's the craziest word in the English <laughs> language, right? Is there any other word crazier than that right, word? Right, right, right. But uh, I'm still watching who do say it, no matter who and what context they uh, context they say it. Um, if if they're not black, I'm still watching. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. All right, um, let's move on to this next. This might be our last topic for the day. Um, no knock warrants. This this is a real serious thing because this is how Brianna Taylor ended yeah, up getting killed. Yeah, yeah. And let me just give a little background to those who don't know. Brianna Taylor was the sister that was in her Louisville, Kentucky apartment when the police came knocking on her door. They were basically looking for her ex boyfriend's dope, <laughs> and they knocked on her door. Uh, no, they didn't knock on our door. My bad. They just, according to... Yeah, it was a no-knock. Yeah, yeah, it was so a no-knock. Yeah, yeah. According to to the, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, they just busted in the door. And when, when they got up, um, he got nervous, thought that there was intruders. Mm -hmm. He pulled out his weapon. He started firing. He did. They fired back, and they killed Brianna. Uh, he hit one, and they hit her a bunch of times. She dies. It turns out no drugs was found in the mm -hmm. house. Uh, Brianna T Taylor has no criminal record, and it was just a, a botched warrant served. And the state of Kentucky decided to change their laws, partially banning no-knock warrants and having certain uh, certain specifications need to be met when they do execute them. But in the state of uh, Minnesota, a brother named Amir Locke, mm -hmm. was, he just was killed a couple weeks ago during a no-knock warrant. Now, this brother was laying on this couch. He did have a strap with him. Yeah, yeah. He had every right to have that strap. Right, right. He's no in doubt. his home. Exactly. Police came in there, no knock warrant, busted in. He gets up, and they see the gun, and they and aired they him aired out. Aired him out. Um, you've have ex had experience. I, I know of one where the police came knocking on your door to take you into custody on uh, on the case we we talked about in the interview. Right, right. Uh, of course, that was a knock warrant. Right? Exactly. They exactly. knocked on the door. Now, what, what do you think? How would you have reacted if you just heard? You know, a whole bunch of banging and, and dudes just trying to come in through the, your front door. Well, I'm going to be honest with you because it's on record. You know, I had a couple guns up in there and I slept with them close. You know, when you was living a life that you were living, you know, you, you was going to keep them there. You know, you was always had stuff on your mind that somebody, even if they wasn't, you know, you always had stuff on your mind that somebody kicking this door. I don't care who it is because you're not thinking it's the police, you know, you're going to start shooting. So they knocked on my door, you know, and luckily I heard them say police and I was able to, hey, but if that door that got kicked in, 
I would have I would have probably started shooting Alex. You know what I mean? Trying to protect my life. You know because once that door get kicked in, you know it's 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 um it's time to go if it's some intruders trying to come harm you. You know. And I guess the reason they're saying that no knock warrants are effective is because it gives it gives you inside the house less time to get rid of stuff, hide stuff, and it gives the police quicker time to get you into custody. You know, when they're banging on the door, they got to wait for you to open it. Right, but I'm going I'm to tell you this. How much stuff can you get rid of that fast? I mean, if you got a small amount, why is y'all here for this anyway? <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you got a large amount, I mean, you ever tried to flush a kilo? Yeah, you ain't. it ain't just finna go down like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. For one, it's in a wrapper that's going to take you three minutes to unwrap it. I mean, just, just speaking logically, though. Yeah. If you got some pounds of weed, you can't flush pounds of weed. So I think it's BS that that was the reason... Um, um, to use the no-knock warrant, you know, because you can only flush or get rid of a small amount in, 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 in that kind of time. Well, in in the state of Kentucky, they're, they're partially banning no-knock warrants, but they will allow it if, it if there's clear and convincing evidence that the crime alleged is a crime that would qualify a person, if convicted, as a violent offender. And I'm saying to myself... Well, that's everybody. That's everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. Warrant on, right, right? right, right. So, are, how are you partially banning no-knock warrants with that vague definition? Exactly, they're not. Yeah, you know, they're trying to put it in place like they, you know, trying to be cautious or trying to change the law. But in actuality, but what they're basically doing is picking and choosing. If it's a suspect that they kind of, you know, want. You know, as far as might want him dead or alive, they gonna go in that house and they gonna do what they gotta do. You know, and if he fired back, they gonna knock him down um i believe that the knock warrant even if they knocked a couple times then bust the door down i believe that knock you know come on we could save a lot of lives with that yeah because at least i mean they know you come at least they know it's not the somebody in there trying to because the person that's 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 a criminal if to, to think about it a person that's a criminal a person that's a drug dealer a person that's you know a gun smuggler whatever they doing they know they're a criminal you know what i mean and, and so so at the end of the day um they're going to be the ones that shoot back, you know, because they think it's somebody else that may be trying to come harm them. So I do think that, you know, giving a heads up as far as uh, boom, 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 police, okay, then boom, I could go for that. But identify yourself so a person won't think, like I say, somebody trying to come kill them and, and um, give them a chance to fight their case and maybe, you know, live to see another day, you know. So when they, when they came to your house in 2004... They knocked and waited for you to open, right? I came from upstairs. I was asleep, stashed the guns, went up, went downstairs, put house shoes on, went downstairs, and I opened the door. That's how long they waited. Um, but on the flip side, they didn't have a search warrant. They had an arrest warrant. So I don't know if the different definition of warrants uh, say, okay, we can knock this door down, you know, or... A, a arrest warrant means no when you get a chance to get him you arrest him all right wait, yeah. wait. i'm confused though because if they only had an arrest warrant they still came in your house and from what i understand we didn't really talk about this in the interview but they found your guns right 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 <laughs> and uh the thing about it is and um, because they contracted the sheriff's department to do that the sheriff's department wasn't supposed to do that so while the feds got me in the car they said you say you was home by yourself, right? I say, yeah. They said, well, what the hell they in there doing? So they got one of them, got out the car and went back in and said, hey, man, we got him. But by the time they did that, the sheriff's department said, look what we found. And what they did was they took a metal detector, which I didn't know that's how they did stuff, hit it with them because they wouldn't have just found them. They hit the room with the metal detector, and boom, that's how they found them. Okay. So, but at the end of the day, the judge told them, you guys didn't have a search warrant. The guns are inadmissible. And um, and I walked on them guns, man. I would have been another 10 years, 10, 15 years. Okay, so the feds did not lead the serving of the warrant. No. The, the sheriff did. The sheriff did. did. And, but even though the feds requested it. Well, they were there. Two officers was there, but the sheriff did all the manhandle, did all the work. Okay. And then um, I guess since after they got you into custody, the sheriffs were like, hey, since we're already in this brother's house, let's go see what let's he got. Let's go see what he got. <laughs> yeah. you know, cause even they, though we don't have a warrant to do that. Even though we don't have a warrant to do that. And I'm sure they knew they didn't have a warrant to do that, but the sheriffs do play a little different ball game. And then, because, uh, oops, look what we found, though. And do, even, the, even the federal dude was like, damn. Like, this, like, we're not here for that. We're not here for that. Yeah. But you can't just say, put them back in the house either. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I heard him say, damn. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, he said, man, he's like, damn. So the sheriff actually gave them to the feds. Gave them to here's the feds. Yeah, here's what we found. And, uh, and uh, but they didn't have it. They were supposed to be just making sure nobody else was in the house. Yeah. That's crazy that, um, I, so there should be better protocol when the feds contract with the locals to, to arrest someone. To say, all right, we got them. Everyone out. Everyone out now. We got them. You know? Well, you know what? I can't sit here and say that the feds wasn't in cahoots because it was a federal investigation and you guys should have been in charge of every situation. When the sheriffs came up in the house, one of the agents should have been went right there with them. You know what I mean? So it could be a game that they play as well. You know what I mean? Y'all go in there and do some stuff that's a little sketchy. You know what I mean? And Or, or tip over this. Oh, look what we found. And... We gonna try to cause she did the, the U.S. attorney tried to get him to stick, you know, and she wanted it. She wanted the time for him and everything, you know, and oh. and the judge wasn't allowing it. Oh, you know, okay. the judge wasn't allowed. Just like no, you you didn't have a search warrant. You had an arrest warrant. You know, you shouldn't even been in searching this man's house. Period. Well, we contracted the sheriff. You know, so now they want to put it back on the sheriffs, which they not gonna go back and, you know, they. So I, I man, I I walked away on those guns. Okay, so so the U.S. attorney did not care how they got the guns. She didn't care. No, no, she wasn't. She, she wasn't. had to have already known that. Okay, this was only an arrest warrant, and but we got some guns. I'm right. gonna she try to prosecute it. She had to know because she brought up a, a bunch of other things that was irrelevant. You know, to the, and the judge told her on everything. Are you charging with that? Are you charging him with that? So once she was like, no, Your Honor, the judge said, well, don't bring it up. Don't bring up the gang stuff if you're not charging with it. Don't bring up the guns if you're not charging them with You know, and a few other issues. So um, I, I, in that case, the judge was, 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 I mean, she did what was supposed to be done because if you only had a, a arrest warrant, then you shouldn't have been searching my house. Now, with the, um, with the warrant that was served in, in Minnesota a couple mm. of weeks ago, Amir Locke was killed. And now his family is going to be pursuing a lawsuit against uh, the city of, I believe this happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, I think at the end of the day, they're going to win a big check for this. Yeah, but they still lost a son or they still lost a brother or they still lost a, a cousin. You know, and that's the sad part. You know, money don't, you know, it, bring back your loved one. You know, so, and these people were dead wrong. They executed an innocent man. You know, and then I'm wondering what's going to happen with the officers. You know, are they just going to get a, a paid leave for a little while and be back right back on duty? You I, don't guys? Think, I don't think anything's going to happen to them because all they're going to say is, hey, we did the no-knock warrant, which was signed by a judge. Which was signed by a judge. We, we had every legal right to enter. And as soon as we entered, we saw this brother with a gun in his hand. So we had to shoot for our for, for our safety. Now, I'm sure they'll they'll say it was wrong. But it wasn't illegal, right? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't I, I, an illegal I, I, shooting. I got what you're saying, but I am going to say that more officers in 2021 has been charged with murders and shooting than any other time in our, our you know, recent history. Correct. So they are starting to charge them. They are starting to send them to prison. They are doing, and, 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 and as they should, because it seemed like you're giving law enforcement a pass to execute a man like this. And I'm going to go back and do the research on this Um and, and even check to see if these officers were charged in this. Yeah, we'll definitely. And, um, um, you because know I know they're starting. To, they are starting to charge a police officer with some of these shootings. Next week, we'll talk about these officers that killed Amir Locke, and we'll find out uh, where, where. I know they got. You know, every time a cop kills someone, they 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 take them off duty. Right, right. Do their investigation. Yeah. yeah. And, but this is still pretty fresh. This just happened. Yeah, this kind of recent. Yeah. So um, so next week we'll, we'll start off with, with talking about the cops that killed Amir Locke and then we'll go into the other point that you stated because that's important that in 2021 more cops have been indicted than in any other year. Yeah. And I think this is kind of like the post-George Floyd yeah, that we're, yeah. we're starting to pay more attention to these cops and body cams. Yeah. Body cams are starting to show. So so we'll we'll start off next week talking about that, but um, FG, uh, let's wrap it up right here for now, and uh, we'll see where we'll see where it goes next week. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, any last words? Uh, no, just uh, stay tuned in. You know, me and Alex will definitely be at you. Uh, keep these topics hot and fresh, Alex, so we can get the people the information that they want to hear about. And like I do. Um, in the beginning of every episode, I do a fact check on what we said last week. Okay. And also, let me just say, this is the first time I've been behind a podcast, Mike, in almost two years. <laughs> you know, everybody thought I was going to start right away. Um, 
I just wasn't ready to start right away. Um, well, they definitely been waiting on you, brother, because I hear it in the comments. Alex, when <laughs> you coming back, you know, and to be honest with you, after doing the research on you and seeing you do it in person, bro, you should be out here. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I appreciate that. But also, let me just say that initially I was going to do a podcast with Reggie Wright Jr., mm -hmm. and I'm still open to do one with Reggie Wright Jr. Um, he is still still recovering from covid Okay, and he I is still he healing. Better, yeah. yeah, he is not 100%. And if Reggie still wants to collaborate with me, I'm willing to sit down with you, Reggie, and, and, and do something with you because I, we, already proved, we already proved that you and I, you know, we do numbers. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. uh, Reggie, whenever you're ready and you want to sit down, hey, let's do it. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping for a full recovery and where you're able to um, be mobile and agile. But for right now, we're going to do our thing, and we're going to see how this goes. Hey, let's take it from there. All right. And on that note, uh, we'll see you next week. Boom.